Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in Lesseur, Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. Good morning, Word of Life Church. Hey, thank you for joining us. I'm Pastor Jay, and um, we are excited that we get together here online. Um, I hope everybody got the the, the, the message that we have. Um, we're taking a break from on-site ministry for the next four weeks. And just as the COVID numbers rise, both within our church as well as within our community, you know, and as we are praying and as we're, you know, we're not going to stop doing ministry. And so I'm excited that we still have an opportunity to, to share God's word uh, uh, on, on our website, on Facebook, on YouTube, on our podcast. And, and we're just really excited that you're here uh, hanging out with us. And today, today is such a great day because today we are tackling into Jonah chapter 4, the last chapter of Jonah, and we're wrapping up our series in the book of Jonah and, and talking about God and his, his giving undeserved grace. And, and that's exactly what we get to talk about. We, chapter 4 has got it all. It's got, it's got, it's got Jonah losing his temper and getting really angry. I know none of us would ever do that. That, never get angry or anything like that. It's got uh, it, it's got Jonah, you know, doing crafts. He's building a building. There's a God causes a plant to grow up. There's, God causes a worm to eat the plant, and and I'll tell you, everything happens, and and it's a little bit of a surprise ending. So if you have your Bibles with you, uh, turn with me to um, to Jonah chapter four. And while you're turning, I'll tell you a little story. I was driving down the road. Uh, I was uh, driving through the desert somewhere in between Las Vegas and L.A., and, and, and it was hot. The desert was crazy hot. I'm driving my old Dodge Charger, and it didn't have any AC. And, and as a matter of fact, as it was going through the road, and when he saw these signs of like last chance for gas, and, and you know, and and my car starts to the temperature gauge just starts to creep on up, and it's just getting crazy, crazy hot. And and you know, and I had to turn the heat on in my car to help pull the heat out of the engine compartment, but it ends up being in the compartment where I'm driving and so the heat is on full blast and just to keep my body temperature down because it's like over 100 degrees in the desert it's way over 100 degrees in the cab of my car and and we're I'm barreling down the road headed towards LA and uh and and it's hot and I'm sweating and I'm just trying to keep my body temperature down so I'm wearing a wet t-shirt that I had been keeping in the in the ice uh, icy water of my cooler in that was in the passenger seat and so every few miles I would I would take off a t-shirt and put on a t-shirt and, and, and switch out these t-shirts of so trying to keep the t-shirt cool to hopefully keep me cool and as I'm trying to keep my cool but really I'm just overheating I just start to lose it 
I get so mad and I start yelling at God. I yelled at God for hundreds of miles. As I'm cruising through the desert, I'm just shouting at God at the top of my lungs and just pouring it out and telling him how bad a job he is doing, that it is not fair, that my life was not supposed to look like this. This trip to LA was never supposed to be like this. Over and over and over again, I yell at God and, and for mile after mile, screaming at God in anger. And a little bit at a time, my voice just starts to get a little quieter and raspier. But I keep yelling until not one sound would come out of my mouth. And I tell you, after miles upon miles of yelling at God, as the car grew quiet, I just felt like God was still there like he was still listening. And after I couldn't speak anymore, after I couldn't yell any, anything at all, it was as if, I didn't hear him, but it was as if God said, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Good. Let's move to California. I am incredibly thankful. I am incredibly thankful that God is a loving God. That God is a merciful God. That he does not give us what we deserve. That he is gracious and compassionate. And he is abounding in steadfast love. That is who God is. That's our God. And that's who has a conversation with Jonah in Jonah chapter 4. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me right before Jonah chapter 4, the last verse of Jonah, Jonah 3, Jonah 3.10, reading in Jesus' name because it's God's word, not mine. And let's, uh, let's listen in on God's conversation with Jonah. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said that he would do to them, and he did not do it. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry, and he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from this disaster. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under, uh, under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant. 
and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 people who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle. Here ends the reading of God's word. What? It ends there? Yeah, God's story ends there. The story of Jonah and God and their conversation, that's all that we get to see. But that's not all there is. It's kind of like one of those stories that leaves it open to the, to the next movie, the next sequel that's going to come out. Let's take a look at God and Jonah's conversation and, and sneak into it and peek into it a little bit. And let's see what we can learn about who God is and our relationship to him. Yes, God relented from the disaster that he said he would bring to Nineveh. He looked at Nineveh, that great city, and he paid attention to them, to the people. He had a plan to share a, a message with them, a message that would get their attention, and his plan was to use Jonah. And I'll tell you what, Jonah tried so hard to get out of it, but God brought him there, and he spoke. And the people of Nineveh heard God's message and they repented and they turned from their evil ways and they put aside the violence in their hands from, from the lowest to the king and from the king all the way down to even the cattle. Everyone was crying out to the Lord for mercy, hoping that perhaps the Lord would relent. But not Jonah. Jonah is exceedingly displeased. It, literally, it, it, the word for displeased is evil calamity. As if, as if the, the non-destruction of Nineveh, it's like Jonah is saying that that is an evil calamity, that it didn't happen, that the, that, that the destruction of Nineveh didn't happen, that all of those people dying didn't happen, that that is a tragedy in and of itself. And he's so anger. As a matter of fact, the, the word for anger there isn't just like, oh, Jonah got mad. 
No, 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 no. The word for anger there, this 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 great anger that he has, is is play on the word that uh, uh, for burning, and it's like he had this burning anger inside of him. He's a hothead. He's on fire with anger. Jonah says, "I knew it." I knew you wouldn't do it. I knew you would relent. I knew you wouldn't destroy them. That's why I ran away in the first place. That's why I went off, you know, to, to, to avoid going. I go to Tarshish so that I could get away. But no, I knew you would be gracious. I knew you would be merciful. Look at the words that he uses. You see, Jonah really does know God. Jonah's theology is amazing. Listen to what he says about the Lord. I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Jonah's theology is spot on. He knows exactly who God is, that God in his character is gracious. God gives grace. It's not just what he does. It's who he is. He is gracious. He gives favor without it being earned or deserved. He gives blessing. He's a giver. And we don't earn it. We don't deserve it. But God gives. God is merciful. The definition of mercy is not getting what we deserve. Not getting the punishment that we deserve. God is, in his being, merciful. He does not give us the punishment that we deserve for our sin. God is slow to anger. It's like this play on the word for patience. It is slow to anger. means that it takes a long time for him to really get angry. I wish I was like that. And then it's Jonah says that God is abounding in steadfast love. This is my favorite Hebrew word in all of the scriptures. Hesed. This word for steadfast love is the word of love and mercy mingled together. This love that never changes, that never goes away, that holds us, holds us fast. It is this steadfast love, and it's not just a little bit. Of, he's abounding in it. He's abounding in his said, the steadfast love, and he's relenting from disaster. He does not want to punish. He doesn't want, and he never did want to destroy the people of Nineveh. He's always wanted their repentance. He's always wanted a relationship with them. He's always wanted them to believe that God loves them. He's always wanted for them to have this hope that God would save them. He is, in his being, relenting from disaster. And it's such a shame Jonah knows exactly who God is. And because he doesn't because God doesn't destroy his enemies, he gets 
angry, so angry, so angry that he asked that he would rather die. Jonah says it would be better for me to die than to live. He doesn't want to live in a world where Ninevites don't get punished for being evil. He doesn't want to live in a world where God is merciful to evil, wicked people. He doesn't want to even live. He would rather die. And the weird thing is he would rather die because he knows that God is merciful and that God will even save him. And then the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? Uh, the exact wording there is, um, do you do righteous or righteousness to be angry? Is your anger doing any good? Is it good for you to be angry? Angry, what is your angry doing that is good? Wow. Is being angry over God's gracious mercy, is that good? And then Jonah walks away. That's <laughs> literally verse 5. As soon as God asks the question, they're having a conversation. God and Jonah are talking to each other, and is you know, and it gets to this place. And God asks him, "Do you do well, you know, to be angry?" And Jonah just walks away. It's like hanging up the phone on God. It's it's it's. I guess he wasn't ready to talk because he just stops talking to God and walks away. What is God going to do when one of his people, when one of his prophets is angry, so angry that he walks away from God, stops talking to God? How uh, we found, we then find Jonah up on up on a hill on the uh, on the east side of the city, just waiting, waiting to see what would happen. He's like, "Hey, there's still forty days. I mean, who knows? Maybe the people of Nineveh they can't handle like the whole repentance thing, and they'll 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 fall off the wagon, and all of a sudden they'll go back to their evil ways. And I really will get to see God destroy the city. Who knows? Maybe. And so he he climbs up to the hill, and he and he builds himself a little um, booth or a tabernacle. It's the same word that's used for um, God's people when they're coming out of uh, when they're when they're coming out of Egypt and they're living in these temporary structures and stuff like that. And so, so we've got Jonah on the outside of the city, just waiting to see if maybe God will just still destroy the city. Maybe the Ninevites will still just mess things up enough so that God still judges them. And he's sitting in this in this shelter underneath the shade just kind of tucked underneath there trying to you know keep himself cool and even though he walked away from God and even though he stopped talking to God and even though he's building his own shelter and trying to do it himself even though he is waiting for God to destroy 120,000 people God loves Jonah. 
God causes a, a plant to grow up right next to Jonah, big enough, and he causes it to grow crazy fast. Overnight, this plant just grows up, and in the morning, it shades Jonah, and it keeps him cool. Obviously, Jonah's, you know, like, like booth building project who didn't go as planned. He's not a very good builder, apparently, because it wasn't really keeping him cool and comfortable. But when God causes a plant to grow up it is the plant that does what what Jonah couldn't do it is God's plant that really keeps Jonah comfortable it's God's plant that really keeps Jonah shaded God does what Jonah couldn't do on his own and he sits there and he watches sitting underneath this plant that God gave Next day comes along and God sends a worm. Yes, God caused a worm and he brought it over to the plant and he says, eat away. And this plant attacked, <laughs> attacked, the worm attacked a plant. This worm attacked the plant. The plant that God caused to grow up in a day, the worm attacked it and destroyed it in a day that's all that's amazing one worm is just like going at it eating that must have been some good tasting plant or a very hungry worm in either case the plant withers and then god caused a hot scorching wind out of the east to just blow on on, on Jonah and he gets all hot and the sun is on his head and the hot wind is blowing and he is so hot he is so hot and hot-headed that he is about to faint and and it is that faint hot anger that causes him to pray again and he talks to God one more time and says, it's better for me to die than to live. He hasn't changed his mind yet. No, Jonah's still angry. Jonah's still a hothead. Even though he's so hot that he's about to faint, he still wants to die. It's sad. God asks him, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And still angry, Jonah answers, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And God is still talking to him. I learned a lot from Jonah's conversation with God that it, even amidst all of the anger and, and the death wish and, and, and the, the, the merciless language just being spewed out of Jonah, God is still gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger. And, and, and you see all of this anger coming from Jonah, but, but God's not angry. He's calm and he's merciful he listens to Jonah, and he speaks to him with compassion. You pity the plant, 
You pity the plant which you didn't grow. It's a creation issue. You see, God created the people of Nineveh. Didn't God, the creator, have the right to choose or the right to decide whom he has mercy on? Jonah made his shelter, but it wasn't very good. And so God made a plant to shade Jonah, to cool him and make him more comfortable, to save him from his discomfort. Again, God made it. God also has the right to destroy it. And so God made the worm to, de- to eat the plant, to attack the plant. And God made the wind to blow and wither the plant. God made 120,000 people who just don't get it. It's, God says they don't know their right hand from their left. They just don't know God. It's so strange that, that Jonah, who really does know who God is and knows God's character, is so angry. And yet, a city full of sinners who don't know God, who don't know that they're right from their left, they so much don't understand God, and yet they believe him, they repent, and they hope in his mercy. God cares about 120,000 sinners in a city. He even cares about all the cows. Yeah, he cares about all the cows. He also cares about Jonah. He loves Jonah. And even though Jonah is throwing a fit, he's having a temper tantrum over and over and over again, even though even though Jonah seems like his character is the opposite of God. He's not merciful. He is not gracious. He just wants judgment and destruction. He doesn't even want to live in a world in which Ninevites get to live. God still talks to Jonah. Even when Jonah stops talking to him, God still pursues him, woos him, draws him into conversation. And I am incredibly thankful that God is exactly what Jonah says he is. That he is a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, has said, and relenting from disaster. I'm glad because often, often I am an awful lot like Jonah. Often I am not merciful. Often I want other people judged. Often I I'm not gracious. Often I am not abounding in steadfast love. Often I am not uh, patient. Often I am not merciful. I want people to get what they deserve. But God, God listens to Jonah and God listens to me. God continues to love people like Jonah, like you, like me. He continues to pursue us in relationship. And that is our hope. 
our God, the God we worship, the God who loves us, he is merciful and gracious, abounding in steadfast love. God is merciful to you. I know it doesn't always feel like it. And in these times with, with, of COVID and everything else, it is so easy to get angry that we're not getting it our way and what we want. And this isn't fair. And God still loves us. And while it seems like this is just some tragedy, God is still being merciful. And while we are losing so much, God is still being gracious. And while we lose our tempers and we're not loving our, our families or our friends, you know, the way that, that we know that we ought to, God is still forgiving and abounding in steadfast love toward us. Thank you, God, for loving us. Let's pray. Lord God and Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving Jonah. Thank you for showing us this relationship that we have with him that you have with him that that you that you just keep loving him and pursuing him in relationship over and over and over again and lord that gives me hope that the very same guy who yelled at you in the desert is still listened to and loved by you forgiven even when i am not forgiving others Lord God, thank you for loving us. Forgive us, we pray, for when we have not been loving. Forgive us when we rail against you and shout at you in anger, or even when we shout at you in our minds that life's not fair, and I'm not getting it what I wanted. Lord, thank you for being merciful to us and not giving us the punishment we deserve but rather giving us Jesus, forgiveness in his name, forgiveness that we did not earn, but the, the loving forgiveness that he did for us as he died for us in our place on a cross, was buried and it was risen to new life. Thank you, Lord God. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen. As we close, hear these words from Micah chapter 7, verses 18 and 19. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression and sins for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread out our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. That is our God, and that is how he loves us. Today, I realize that there's a lot of hard stuff going on right now, and I have no idea what's going on in each and every person's heart and life. But today, allow me to remind you, God loves you. You are loved. Even when you've been angry, you are loved. God is compassionate 
and God is pursuing you in relationship and you enter into that relationship with him, not by going to a church building or doing things. You enter into that relationship with God by grace through faith. God gives you this grace. He delivers it through faith and by believing in Jesus Christ that he is the Son of God, that he is the one who died in your place and forgives us, God continues to pursue you in relationship. He loves you. You are loved. Go in peace. Hear this benediction. Receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. May he look right at you and give you his peace. Amen? Go in peace and serve the Lord. Thank you, Word of Life. Love you guys.